the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. NDSU Athletics in the Twin Cities. The Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley. Go Bison. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby says Russia is indiscriminately killing civilians in Ukraine. There's not even an, an attempt by Russia uh, to, to be precise uh, in, in their targeting. Meanwhile, a 22-year-old former U.S. Marine was killed alongside Ukrainian forces this week. At a news conference, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says Americans should not go to Ukraine to fight. We know people want to help, um, but we uh, do encourage Americans to find other ways to do so rather than traveling to uh, rather than traveling to Ukraine to fight there. It is a war zone. Um, it's an active war zone, um, and we know Americans face significant risks. Willie Joseph Cancel was killed on Monday while working for a military contracting company that sent him to Ukraine, and his death is the first known death of a U.S. citizen fighting in Ukraine. This is SRN News. You could win $5,000 just by being kind. The Biz 1440 and Air Mechanical present the Kindness Challenge. Do something nice for someone. Then enter it into the Kindness Challenge now through May 31st. You could win $5,000 and bless a charitable organization with another $5,000 donated in your name. Go to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com to enter. Brought to you by Air Mechanical. For the life of your home, visit Think Get your new garage door installed in just one to two weeks from Great Garage Door. Garage doors are experiencing significant supply chain issues, like the rest of the home improvement industry. But Great Garage Door has a large inventory of doors in stock and ready for installation in one to two weeks. Don't delay as prices are still going up. Buy from Great Garage Door now and save. Call Great Garage Door today for a free estimate at 763-767-3000 or find them online at greatgaragedoor.com. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Hi, this is Randy with Arby's Computer Service. You have heard me advertise on this and other stations for years and have trusted us for your IT needs, and I thank you for that. We now have an immediate need for a network server tech in our organization. If you or someone you know has a year or more business experience supporting these environments and is looking to work for a company like ours, I would like to speak with you. We are very competitive with other large companies for pay and benefits, including health and retirement planning. But because we are smaller, our environment is friendly and more flexible than some of the larger IT companies. You can do your job and it can actually be fun doing so working for us. Call me today to determine if you have the requirements for the position so we can move forward and you can become part of our team. We can be reached at 763-441-3884 or you can email me randy at rbsmn.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. No! Come on, rise and shine. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? It's going to be a great year. 
Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Is it safe? It's the King Banyan Show. This is a man. Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. My mind is a globe whirling transient nodes of thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Good morning and welcome. Well, part of that opening says it's a beautiful day out. It's not. <laughs> it is. I don't recall a, a, a uh, April that has been kind of this wet and and just raw and not fun as this one. I mean, I have gotten a, I've gotten out on a golf course exactly once this month. Um, and normally, I went back and looked my at my record for the last four years, and I've typically had about a half dozen rounds at this time. So one just feels a little light. Um, uh, wouldn't have been able to play a, uh, much. Uh, those uh, those bruised ribs are still uh, giving me a bit of a trouble here, but uh, less less and less this week. So inhaling is okay. Although I'll tell you, uh, uh, an, uh, an unexpected cough still causes a wince. Anyway, well, with you, uh, I'll tell you what causes a wince is when you get a GDP report like the one we saw. Wow, that was. Um, that was not to be expected. Uh, wasn't expected by me. I was actually thinking we would beat the estimate, and instead the estimate was running in the low ones, positive ones, and instead we got a got a number of minus one point four. Um, so it's the last day of classes was yesterday. Um, I've uh, been uh, engaged. I've got a few longtime faculty who I consider, you know having been on the faculty here since the mid 1980s i am uh, a lot of these people are who are retiring now are people who came in with me in fact both these pe- folks came in after i did um although one of them has over 30 years of experience and uh, one of them has 25 years with us and had a pretty rich life before he joined our faculty um uh, and um anyway it's the last day of classes uh, yesterday, finals are finals are next week, and when I talk to you next for job Saturday, it'll be the day after we've done commencement for our seniors, uh, which is for me it's the best day of the year, particularly the spring commencement. The fall commencement is a little weather challenged, uh, and it's a smaller affair. Um, some years ago, we decided we would do commencement both in the fall and the spring rather than doing just the one for all because our students graduate. You know, there's three different dates at which we post degrees uh, after fall, spring, and summer uh, uh, terms. Um, I I still think that someday we're going to be given we're going to be awarding degrees around the year, so that it'll be a continuous basis, and we'll just have periodic celebrations of them. Um, I, I sh- we should do the future of higher education someday on the show. I I have what even in the industry is considered uh, to be abnormal thoughts about that. Uh, and um, a- a- anyway, normally in my classes by the time, so I was going to say this because 
When you say goodbye to a faculty member, frequently you'll go to their classroom and celebrate their last class. We'll go in and we'll bring, we'll bring cookies or we'll bring cupcakes or something. We did both of those this week with, with two of my two of my longtime colleagues, um, and it's always kind of fun because you get to hear what's in their last lecture. What did they plan to do? I'll tell you one thing: they never plan to do. They never plan to talk about GDP. They never plan to talk about about how we compute GDP. It is for some people, and I will say, as an old as an old professor, um, there was one of those you know where my wife might say to me as I'm leaving back back when I was teaching full time, um, they would she would say, "So what are you lecturing on today?" And I can remember probably a half dozen times saying, "Oh well." I have to do the National Income and Product Account lecture today. And everyone's like, ugh. Okay. Because it sounds boring. I mean, it's, it, it's this arcane term, National Income and Product Accounting. People don't necessarily know what it means. And people don't know how it works. So let me give you, I'm going to give you in this hour, in the context of... Um, in the context of all of the uh, uh, news about the 1.4 decline in GDP this term, I'm going to give you a bit of that lecture. I'm going to start with a little bit of history. Right? Where do these accounts come from? How does it we decided we would calculate GDP the way we calculate GDP? And I think there's an important point to make here. And I'm going to lead you with this. When we started doing national income and product counts was in the aftermath of the Great Depression of the 1930s. Before the 1930s, if we were measuring how's the economy doing, we had various measures that were created by, oftentimes by private industries, that would give us bits of information about how things were going. If we want to know how many goods and services were moving around the country, we would talk to a railroad. If we want to know how much, how much steel was being produced, we'd, we'd, talk to the, we'd talk to U.S. Steel or Bethlehem or one of the other steel manufacturers. We'd go to, eventually, you would go to industry associations that would try to collect that information for you. Um, we didn't have anything remotely looking like a measure of retail sales for for grocery stores that were groceries back in the back that time but they were very very decentralized so the idea of coming up with a comprehensive measure for how many goods and services are produced in an economy in a given time is something that only really came about after world war ii which maybe to a younger fellow like daniel feels like forever ago I was born in the I was born in the 1950s, and and World War II was a very recent experience. And in fact, my parents had grown up through through the Depression and through World War II, and and so there was a time, you know, when they were. I'd actually argue when my dad was even. Now he must have been a first year college student in '47 when we created the first national income and product accounts. They were. Um, a project that was a public-private partnership between the U.S. government and the federal government and 
a group of economists working with this this it didn't have official status but it was recognized as the place where the work would happen and it was given the name the national bureau for economic research nber and they're the people that we've talked about you know on on the king banging show here in the past on the biz 1440 because that's the place that tells us when recessions start and recessions end it is not a government agency it's a group of act yeah, I think they're all academic. I think they all have academic positions. I don't think there are any business economists on NBER's uh, Business Cycle Dating Committee. Okay, Those are all vestiges of a bunch of work that happened back in the 1940s, um, led by an economist named Simon Kuznets, K-U-Z-E-N-E-T-S. Anyway, why bring that all up? Because we didn't necessarily know how to do this work. We didn't necessarily know how to calculate these things. So we came up with this idea, this concept, and the concept that Kuznets and and Wesley Mitchell and Arthur Burns and, and Zarnowitz, I think, was there at the time, uh, Victor Zarnowitz, uh, and these other economists at the time, the thing they all brought together was this idea that we would take all of the goods and services produced in the economy at an individual time, and we would and we would take them at their current prices, we would sum them up so that we could add dollars and dollars and dollars and dollars and come up with this measure called GDP. So there you go, right? And so in that that lecture that that I give, I have to write down GDP. The, the value of all goods and services produced for final use in an economy at current prices in a given period of time. I can, I'm actually, actually, you can't see me, obviously, but if you could see me, I'm actually moving my hand like it's going across a chalkboard uh, because I, I'm imagining myself writing that. So I'm still a chalkboard guy when I can get away with it. I I do make slides, and there'll be a slide there too, but I, I don't like lecturing in a classroom that doesn't have a chalkboard because some, some conversations are spontaneous. So, so here's the thing. The number you got from the National Income and Product Council, let me go, let me go grab the uh, current report here. If I go and look at the n- amount of nominal GDP, just taking that number that I just told you and I've got to go find it it's very interesting that they do not give you the nominal GDP numbers hang on uh, do, 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 do. I have to go find it they're gonna make me go look hang on so if I look at GDP in nominal terms it went from it went from um two twenty four trillion twenty four trillion two point eight billion to twenty four trillion three hundred and eighty two billion point seven and if you're listening closely you say wait what huh um I don't understand um I don't understand why is that why is that not happening and the answer to that is that Nominal GDP includes price increases. 
So when they tell you GDP fell by 1.4%, that includes uh, that that includes something called real GDP. And that correction for prices is entirely the reason why they're saying, well, they're buying less goods and services. And what they're telling you is, in real terms, we bought less goods and services, so there's less goods and services produced, and that's because of inflation. Well, it's not necessarily true. i got to take you through that explanation, too. We'll do that here in just a moment. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay. Or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-379-9528. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-379-9528. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800 800- 379-9528. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. For affordable term life, call 800-379-9528. Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 52886 and tell Congress to protect local radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. This is an important notice to consumers facing $10,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt. You're not required to pay it all back because there are special programs now in effect that will significantly reduce the amount you will owe if you qualify. This is not bankruptcy or a debt consolidation loan. These programs, which the credit card companies like to keep secret, exist to aid American consumers struggling with overwhelming credit card debt by offering tremendous savings and real debt relief. Accredited Debt Relief has established a special hotline for you to call and learn what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-786-2300. 800-786-2300. That's 800-786-2300. Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at minneapolis.salemsurround.com.
Welcome back, King Banyan Show. The Biz 1440, rainy day and GDP shouldn't get you down because you got me right here on the Biz 1440. We're live, so 651-289-4477, your number to call with questions and comments. 651-289-4477, love to hear from you. Um, if you're te- if you're thinking you have a hint of where I'm going with this conversation, you're, you're probably not there yet. Um, so far, all I've talked about is, is nominal GDP and how we got that. So we had, so we tend to think to ourselves that what we really want to do is to break out changes in GDP that are that happen because of a change in price versus changes in GDP that happen because of a change in production. One of the things that I know I, I can remember me doing this on radio with you folks before is talking about the fundamental identity of the national income and product accounts. And this is what Kuznets and the team came up with back in the 40s. They said, look, it should be the case that I can measure GDP in three different ways. I could add up the value of all the goods and services being produced at current prices. That's what I say. But, of course, in the economy, there are millions of goods being produced in thousands of sectors. It's impossible for me to think I could count them all up. So... So they're saying, well, now, how could I do that in a different way? Because that was kind of the reason we didn't really do it back in the 1930s. So what those folks came up with is this fundamental identity because they said, look, all of the goods and services being produced provides an income to somebody somewhere. So if we could measure the incomes to the workers, to the capital providers, to the entrepreneurs, to the landlords, if we could take those four payments, the rent, the interest, the profit, and the wages, and sum them all up, that should equal all of the the GDP that's out there. So that's their first fundamental insight. Hey, that would really work for me. I could, I could do that instead, and I've got dollars and dollars and dollars I'm adding together, and I have a different way to do that. Of course, the problem being being perhaps maybe it's harder to do that because you can get wage information pretty easily, particularly in a world where we're charging income taxes. That's not hard to come up with. Um, we can look at business income by looking at quarterly business statements and so forth. We could, we could get to that. But it's a little bit harder, but not impossible. The third item on the list, though, in that national product count is they said, well, all of that income that goes here and there is either spent on consumption, on consumption goods by households, on investment goods by businesses, on, on government goods, or it's saved, right? What's left over is savings. And national savings, which has to subtract the deficit, the government's deficit, or deficits, because we have a federalist system in multiple governments, many of whom spend spend deficit spending. But we could do that. We could put that together. So now I've got that 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 full identity. Okay, national. Okay, it's the sum of the value of production. It's the sum of the value of all the income streams. And it's also the sum value of all the expenditures, including savings, buying financial assets. Now I've got it in full. Right? 
So that was one thing they figured out, and that's that will be important to us because as you think about consumption goods, you have to think about the fact that some of the goods we consume, if we're trying to measure how much the U.S. produces, one problem is going to be how do I take into account all of the how do I take account all the goods that we purchase from other places? So let's go to that. Let's go to that uh, that that national income product, and I'm going to keep them in nominal terms for a moment, right? If I go look at the amount of goods and services being produ- you know, bought and sold, uh, I'm I'm sorry, my old eyes need that to be bigger. Thank you. Um, the number of exports in current dollars, not so not deflated yet went up. The exports went from 2.65 trillion to 2.72 trillion. But imports went from 3.63 trillion to 3.90 trillion. An increase of more than a more than a quarter trillion dollars on a nominal basis, okay? It's just easier to work with that for a moment because the math works much better. Um, so if I put that together, I see that the amount of the deficit, the trade deficit we had in nominal terms, went up from $971 billion to $1,178 billion. We were spending more stuff, but we were spending more goods. and We were spending more on, on consumer goods. Now, if I go backwards from that and take a look at how much I spent in consumption overall, I went from $16.314 trillion to $16.7 trillion. So my consumption went up, in, again, in nominal terms, by about $390 billion. But we can see that, we can see that, I got to scroll, that approximately, um, I'm looking for the import number again, approximately $280 billion of that, of that $390 was imported goods. We don't count imported goods in GDP. So when they say the trade deficit reduced GDP, okay, you know, when I see those those headlines in the newspaper, right, my students are supposed to know that's not exactly right. That is simply a correction that Kuznets and his people went back and, saw, and said, if we're going to use this methodology... If we count imports, we're not measuring production in the United States. It's simply because otherwise I would have the consumption number. I'd be using that consumption number for household spending on goods and services for final use. But if I want to know how much the U.S. produced, I've got to get the imported goods out of there. So it's simply a correction. Just as we have to have exports added back in, because those are goods and services produced within the United States, but not consumed in the United States. They get consumed overseas. In terms of that 1.4, and I'm going to, let me go find that. In terms of that 1.4 trillion in, in, uh, in GDP, uh, or 1.4, 1.4% decline in GDP, the contribution of net exports of goods and services was 3.2%. Now, you can do you you can do this. It's, it's a little math. I know it's early. Grab your coffee if you if you need to need to give your brain a little jolt. I'm going to do that right now. 
here's what happened. We we increased our def our deficit, our trade deficit increase such that we added we subtracted 3.2% from GDP. In other words, if nothing else changed and all we had done was export a little more and we had imported a lot more, that would mean that what happened to production in the United States was it had to go down. It had to go down because these goods and services that we were all still consuming, we were substituting imported goods for for domestic goods. That's not exactly what happened because when we said 3.2%, is the is the effect of that decline and we said the overall GDP decline was 1.4%. That means that the GDP that we produced in the United States that we consumed either households or businesses or government when you put those together actually added to GDP. In other words, our consumption, our investment actually continued to go higher by a substantial proportion and was adding was adding to GDP if so final sales of domestic pro, uh, final sales of domestic purchasers actually rose 2.6% in the quarter in real terms um, in nominal terms it went up 10.6%. That's the inflation. That's the 8% between there. So consumption investment, consumption, so I'm going to do these numbers again now in real terms. So for a minus 1.4%, personal consumption expenditures contributed 2.5% to the 6.9% growth in Q4 of 2021 and contributed 2.7%, positive 2.7% to the negative 1.4% of of 22Q1. Private domestic investment, which was huge in in the fourth quarter, largely because of an increase in inventory changes, actually rose, actually get contributed 2.1. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong numbers here. Hang on, I'm I'm not doing that right. Go back. I wish I could. I wish I could erase the last 45 seconds. So, for a 1.4 percent decline. The contribution of personal consumption expenditures was a plus 1.83. In other words, GDP would have been positive if not for that. If we if we then take investment, it added 1.3 percent. Um, so we added 1.8, 1.3. The math gets you to 3.1. What happened was, of course, inventory changes subtracted subtracted eight tenths percent. And lastly, government purchases of goods and services have actually been declining. That's the drag part that I swear to God you're going to hear it. Because because the uh, American Recovery Act um, didn't, you know, the recovery plan stopped spending. It's because it front loaded all its spending as that goes away. That's why the economy is slowing, and that's why we need Build Back Better. Please. We don't need to build that better, not in a world where we've got all this inflation. But that is a small drag on it. But the drags are are that for about half a percent, which was the same as it did in the previous quarter. 
the American Recovery Plan front-loaded just a ton of spending up in the first and second quarters of the year. And then, and then from that, you had to take out this huge increase in imported goods. And you have to take out the tremendous flip of private inventories to a negative stance, a contraction rather than an addition. That's how you get to the minus 1.4. For this reason, I believe this economy still has as much momentum as I thought it had before the GDP number printed. I'm not, my mind is not changed by this report. I'll explain more after these messages. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Dr. Gorka here, and you know me. I am very cynical about products, especially those that claim to help people suffering from pain. So when I tell you that Relief Factor truly works, I want you to know that I mean it. I suffered from a stiff lower back for almost a decade, one so painful it made it difficult to kneel in church on Sundays. When I finally decided to give Relief Factor a try, I didn't ever imagine that I would find myself free of the pain. But that's what happened. Now I take Relief Factor every day. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late-inning rally? A game-winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school, plus all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. When it comes to investing in your house, do you want to know what one of the most confusing items there is to make decisions on? Windows. We are talking massive price swings, every salesperson telling you something vastly different, and very little useful information online, which opens the door for salespeople to overcharge you. Hi, I'm Ryan with My Three Quotes, an expert on your side. I've worked with many of the top window brands and installers in the Twin Cities and can give you the pros and cons of each. That's what you get when you call me to stop by and measure your windows. We'll talk options that best fit your needs, whether it's vinyl, wood, composite, or fiberglass, and you'll receive quotes from multiple contractors just a few days later. There's no obligation to buy, but if you do, I'll be there to help you write up the order and do a walkthrough when it's done. And yes, I provide the same free service for siding and roofing. Window lead times are extra long right now, so set up an appointment today at GetMy3Quotes.com. That's the number three, GetMy3Quotes.com. 
Welcome back, King Dingy Show. The Biz fourteen forty. God, it's raining outside. You don't need to. You don't need to do anything more than uh, settle in with your radio or your your laptop or 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 mobile device, and you can uh, listen to us here on the Biz fourteen forty six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. Ken asked a really interesting question: How do tariffs impact GDP? Well. Tariffs usually reduce GDP, and, and so I, I just tweeted back to him. If you follow us on the hashtag pound KBRS, at the top of that feed right at this moment is a piece from the Tax Foundation that runs through. They have a simulator that is able to uh, uh, do uh, simulations of uh, the impact of various tariffs. It's based on some pretty disaggregated data. I think it's a pretty good model. I don't I, – but – it can, if you want to know what we teach in in the in that first course where we also do the national income and product counting, we would teach you that tariffs reduce GDP in our country. Do they increase GDP in the other country? No, it's probably because there's a there is what we call a dead weight loss to tariffs, meaning meaning trade that doesn't happen that costs both parties. They are they are um, they are a negative sum game um, in. In, in, and not positive, in fact, to either group. So it makes sense for folks, except for the individual industries for which the tariffs are put in place. So if you think back to the previous administration, steel tariffs, bad for anyone that needs steel, but great for producers of steel. Um, the one that, that still, I mean, I scratched my head over the uh, tariffs on washers and dryers. I I'm still trying to figure out what the heck was the purpose of that. But anyway, um, they're not they're not particularly helpful, except to the industries for which the tariffs are put in place. Um, so, um, oh, this is interesting. Uh, Tim Cook is at the Berkshire Hathaway meeting right now. Uh, there's a picture of him just arriving. Uh, arriving. Well, about this is pictures from about an hour ago, um, and this is Liz. I think Liz Clayman. At, uh, at at Fox, right? Or yeah, um, at Fox Business. So, uh, got a picture of Tim Cook there. So that's that's pretty fun. Um, and so I've been, I'm keeping an eye on things there, and we'll report them as we go along here. But my point is this: if you if you think about why GDP fell, and your answer is GDP was a negative number because a lot of folks were using. We're purchasing imported goods and services, and mostly it's goods that we import. We're a net exporter of services. We're a net importer of, of goods. If you think about that, then you have to come to this conclusion, in my mind, is that the demand side of this economy is still there, still going strong. So if you think about the first quarter, right, you had interruptions to production that came from Workers being out for Omicron. We added 1.7 million jobs net in the first quarter. If you sum up the January, February, and March, you know, job Saturday numbers that we've given you, and we'll have another job Saturday next week. If you add those together, you get, for the last three, you get 1.7 million jobs. Do we really think the economy is declining? And then if you look at what's happening with prices and see those prices going up as fast as they are, do we, you know, I hear people using the word stagflation. And I'm like, this isn't what stagflation looks like, guys. 
you can't say stag you know you can't say stagflation until i start seeing a rising unemployment rate so i heard a number of claims uh during um during that uh during period and i'm going to give you what i thought was the most negative comment i got and one of the one of the one of the most positive comments i got the negative comment came from uh from uh, Katie Koch, who who is an economist at Goldman Sachs. She was on CNBC, um, I think this is from Thursday, and she had this to say, cut number eight, Daniel. The consumer is very strong, um, and we are we are seeing a shift, a very dramatic shift in expenditure. Uh, and this is pretty, um, I think, understandable to everybody watching this because they're a consumer, and we're all focused on doing things differently this year and next year than we did the last two years. So we don't no longer trying to renovate our house, buy furniture, ride a bike in our bedroom, et cetera, and we're more focused on experiences. The visa data really supported that. Revenues up five percent. Restaurants fully recovered. Travel fully recovered. We do expect the consumer to weaken. It's not happening now, and we are very focused on the change in in, um, in the balance of what the consumer is doing. And just to make that point clear, over on Yahoo Finance, uh, Vasant Prabhu, who's the chief financial officer for Visa, talking about that that strong report of, of Visa saying, our transactions are up, the revenue we're taking in is going up, and they've actually had a positive, uh, a positive quarter in terms of productivity had this to say on uh, this is from yahoo finance uh, yesterday cut number nine it was a very solid and stable quarter uh you know we've been indexing at 140 you know in the 140s more than 40 percent about 2019 levels in the u.s uh similar levels in uh in the international markets and just about everywhere things have been very stable for the last few quarters there's no indication that inflation uh supply chain disruptions the war in Ukraine have been impacting consumer spending at least all the way through the first three weeks of April. So if that's a, if that's the story you're going to tell, and I, I like both, you know, and 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 people, you know, and uh, Ms. Koch is were concerned. Hey, I'm concerned that this might be turning around on us. But I actually, I actually have to say, I don't see it in the data. All I see in the data are. Maybe, and perhaps because of temporary factors, we're able to use imports to replace uh, pauses in domestic production. That's actually not a bad thing. That's usually the sign of a good thing. Is it inflationary? Perhaps. But this is, and maybe we'll have time to talk about this later in, later in the show today. This is why when I see reports about Oh my goodness, take a look. The dollar is strengthening against the yuan and against against the yen and the euro might go back to go back to parity, you know, 1 euro equals 1 dollar. I'm used I'm used to being in Europe and having to spend a dollar and 20, a dollar and 30 cents to try to buy a euro. Um last time I was there, I was paying 110 and it and it's going down even more. The dollar is strengthening. Guess what? That's how markets react to the fact that the that right now the Fed is the most aggressive, you know, believe it or not, as critical as we are about what the Fed has been doing. And I got plenty to say about the Fed. Larry Summers was on was on Bloomberg last night. We're going to we're going to play some of him, too. Uh, But as as I think about that process, 
of, of, of increases. Everybody's concern about those increases and whether or not there's a recession at hand. And I'm sorry, I've talked to, my God, how many people. I've read so many pieces from friends, my friends in the Northern Alliance Radio Network or, or folks that were formerly in the Northern Alliance Radio Network, like Powerline Blog uh, um, and, 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 and Captain Ed uh, even writing about, oh, well, I see stagflation is here. <clears throat> is a recession just around the corner? No. I'll, I can't say it any more firmly than that. Right around the corner? No. Could we end up with a recession sometime in 2023? Possibly so. Possibly. But it is simply too soon to say which of these things you would do. It's just too soon to say. And so I think you're going to have to have to wait and see what what happens here. Um you know what? Let's take a break here. There's some there's some more audio I want to play for you on this point, but but uh, let's 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 take a break here. We'll be back after this. You are listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Back in the day when I lied. The Biz 1440 KYCR Golden Valley. Mike K. from Oakdale says, I just worked with three of the most professional guys ever. Chris was my estimator, Aaron and Dan were the installers. This was for my parents, and they knocked it out of the park. Thank you so much for taking care of them. New double-wide steel doors starting at $13.95. Call 952-895-7300. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-260-1792. 800-260-1792. That's 800-260-1792. Education is absolutely the most critical decision you can make for your children to get half off it's a no-brainer hi i'm jeff hi i'm trish his better half and we're from oakdale we wanted a strong christian school with conservative values the half off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family i asked the station several times to make sure that i understood that there weren't strings attached and, and there were no strings attached the impact on our kids has been amazing their critical thinking is stronger and they're better equipped for life. Yeah, the power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions and it just makes them better adults. Send your child to a private school for half the cost for their first year. No strings attached. For details and participating schools, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. What does it mean to be a Christian woman in our current culture? How does your faith in Christ relate to the world around you? 
At times, being a Christian can seem like an overwhelming task in today's busy and challenging landscape. That's why you should visit iBelieve.com, a site designed for Christian women. Whether you're looking for insight, conversation starters for your church group, or just an uplifting message, you'll find it at iBelieve.com. Visit iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Thank you for being with us here today. 651-289-4477, the number to call questions and comments. Be sure to check out, if you like this show today, you might like some of the other shows too. You might want to check us out at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Join the VIP club, would you? Uh, and that way you can download the podcast to all of our past shows. We've been, we've been here doing this thing since late 2009, okay? Uh, uh, just on just here on the Biz 1440, I... Had a previous tour over at our sister station, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot, where you may still find uh, uh, Mitch Berg, my longtime coming up. My goodness, it's coming up pretty, not too long from now. It's going to be twenty years that he and I have been doing this shtick uh, between between the two different stations. Our thanks always, of course, to uh, Salem Twin Cities for providing us opportunities to share share our thoughts with you. Uh, I got my one eye on um, on uh, the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting. Uh, uh, um, uh, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger are on the stage right now, and um, and and he said he's uh, he's already had a couple one-liners about the fact that they, their combined age between Munger and Buffett is about 190, and he says given that shareholders are quote entitled to see them in person, and then Buffett added. You know, in terms of their investment strategy, we try to find something that a guy with Alzheimer's can run. Um, and I'm sorry, I do. I that maybe that's maybe that's not in great taste, but I certainly found it pretty funny. Um, and they are they are actually. It's interesting to me looking at the biggest news of the day is how much less cash they have on their balance sheet than they had they had at their last annual meeting. They've been in, in the last quarter. They've been spending. A significant chunk of money on investments. I think that's. I think that's really interesting. If you can follow along. I'm just. I'm just following uh, the Twitter feed by just typing in Buffett, and finding finding what's what's there. Anyway, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. The number to quest, Number to call with questions and comments. Over on Fox Business, yet uh, I think on Thursday, um, Maria Bartiromo had uh, on on mornings with Maria had on uh, Ken Rogoff. Um, I've actually not. I've had, I wasn't on the panel with him, but got asked a couple questions of a panel that that Rogoff spoke at. He's a really impressive guy. He's now at Harvard. He's the guy that that co-authored with uh, Carmen Reinhart. This time is different. Uh, talked about government debt, and I thought his comments about the GDP report were interesting. He's far more negative than I am, and I want you to hear the contrary view because I'm not contrary about this. I said before, I am absolutely positively convinced that this economy still has legs to run. There's still growth to be had out there. 
but uh, you need to hear what the opposite view sounds like. So I'm going to start you with this. Ken Rogoff on on, uh, Mornings with Maria yesterday, cut number one. It's a growth story, but it's deteriorating. And the question is how far. The consumer has a lot of money saved up from stimulus checks and savings from the pandemic. But on the other hand, you know, inflation is really high. The war is still going on. And I think the biggest unknown is this Fed tightening cycle. If they don't hike rates a lot, there's going to be inflation. And if they do, there's going to be a massive recession. So up to the last seven words, I I agreed with every every bit of what Rogoff said. The question here is is twofold, and this is the question of the hour: Will the Fed raise interest rates high enough to induce a recession? My answer has been. Oh, no. No, they will not. They are not going to get the interest rate up to to that level. They will go pretty high. Okay, so when I see people say it's going to get to 2, 2.5%, I actually don't buy that. I just don't think they're ready to guide. I don't think they're ready to see the 10-year Treasury bond uh, go above 3%. It's maybe a little bit ahead of of their plans. And so they've been a little bit... It's going to make the meeting, the, 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 the FOMC meeting this week, kind of interesting because he may try to talk them back from from moving the 10 year from bidding the 10 year bond down to a yield above three percent. I suspect they'll do that. Um, but the thought that the Fed would actually have a four and a half to five percent Fed funds rate because of inflation. With with politics the way it is right now i can only imagine a bill proposed and i can even name you who's going to author the bill it will be elizabeth warren in the senate maybe one of the squad in the house but i actually suspect it'll be leadership in the house that some some leadership in the house from the democrat side um if they move interest rates too fast something that curtails the power of the federal reserve to set interest rates will be tabled in in Congress. I don't see that happening. The Fed has been fairly clear. I mean, remember, right? This week, uh, Lael Brainerd was confirmed as the vice chair. They still have not voted on the on the uh, on the reappointment as chair of Jay Powell. He's been serving as interim chair for now three months, starting month four on Monday. That's pretty weird. Why are they doing that? I simply can't see I simply can't see any sign that they're going to they're going to move the rate to that level. And if I'm wrong, if there's a four and a half to five percent Fed funds rate, everything I've told you is wrong. I will be proven incorrect because I had the wrong bet on the Fed. But I don't think I'm wrong. Let's continue. This is Ken Rogoff again uh, on, on Mornings with Maria, cut number two. They've decided to go faster, but they really haven't decided to go far. And the markets still seem to believe that, you know, they can raise them 
3% and maybe everything will be fine, 2 3%. But I think they're going to have to go to 4 and 5% to stamp out inflation. Will they? They talk tough, but when you know the rubber hits the road and it really gets grim in the economy and the midterms coming up, I suspect, as I think I told you last time we spoke, they'll end up allowing inflation to stay elevated and will be in a low growth, high inflation story. That's about where I am. I think the inflation, I still think GDP will grow at about 3% for the year. Okay including this minus 1.4 it's just going to backload some so you might actually end up with a one quarter number that's near four but i still expect gdp to be at three percent i don't expect the unemployment rate to go up above uh, may go back to four percent at some point i don't think it'll go above four percent and that means that the inflation rate is probably stuck above three percent and there's something very important to be said about that that we need that we sort of need to say uh which is which is that we're about to see a significant challenge to the credibility of the Federal Reserve. Will they take their inflation charge really seriously? Will they pivot back to, you know, we really have to pay attention to unemployment. Uh, we really need to pay attention to growth, and we can't let the economy slip into a recession. I expect that the, there still is, in some sense, a Fed put out there that's going to prevent that, that's going to prevent that from happening. What does that mean for you? Well, we'll talk about that in the next hour here on The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Well, I moved into the house in uh, the summer of 2018, and the siding was terrible. Hi, I'm Dave from Matami Dive. I got a hold of JTR through friends. It almost looked like... Uh, giraffe there were dark stains where the water had saturated the old paint that was on it but there were other things that needed addressing and uh, there were a multitude of things from putting doors in and railings and and doing some electrical and things like that all of which jtr gladly folded into the contract and took care of for me it was an amazing transformation in fact my brother-in-law who had visited Before we had the siding done, when he came back about a month after it had been done, he stopped out in front of the house and called me and said, what's your address again? Because he couldn't believe the difference. Contact JTR Roofing now for your siding, roofing, and window needs. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. 
Hey, carpe diem. Awesome. That means we're going fishing, eh? No, carpe diem. It's Latin. It means to seize the day, like do it now, which is what you got to do if you want a custom-built Arctic spa from Premier Pool and Spa. It's kind of like... ASAP, eh? Yeah, now you got it. Due to the increased demand for Arctic spas, you should order your custom-built spa now. So call Premier Pool and Spa and pick the color you want, the size, the kind of LED lighting, the number of pumps and jets, all that stuff. Hey, that's like over 2 million combinations. That's right. Do it today, because the early bird gets the worm, you know. Nice worms. That means we are going fishing, eh? Oh, Visit Premier Pool and Spa in Chanhassen today. Arctic spas are engineered for the world's harshest climates. You deserve it. PremierPools.com. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously, eh? PremierPools.com. PremierPools.com. Sensible business talk. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.